Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today's guest is Barrett Prendergast, who's the founder of Valley Brink Road and Barrett and the Boys and the co-founder of a new brand that just launched in April called Mama Moods. Hi, Barrett. Hi, everyone. So nice to be here. So nice to have you join us. I am such a big fan of yours. I've been following along with you launching Valley Brink Road for a long time now, and I just appreciate everything that you do, and I'm so excited to finally have you on and hear your story, and having watched you grow your family, I'm so curious about just getting into growing your business while being a mom and now a mom of three and um, how you fit everything in because you seem like such an involved mother and I love that. And I know um, it's chaos a lot of times too, but you know, the best kind of chaos, obviously. So um, yeah. So I think maybe the best way to start, you know, I want to get into kind of learning about all of your entrepreneurial endeavors. Did you start Valley Brink Road before you started your family or was it all kind of simultaneous? I started Valley Brink Road, yes, before I had Costa. Um, And actually, you know, Valley Brink Road now is a gifting company, but it actually started as a catering company. Um, I think, yeah, I think it was around 30 when I started it it started as really me just going to people's houses and cooking. You know, I I love to cook so much and I worked in a restaurant for a while and I worked for some catering companies and I kind of just realized that I didn't want to work in a restaurant and I didn't want to work for someone else. So um, yeah, I launched it and would really go to people's houses and cook. And your style of cooking is very like fresh and just like good. So how does that, did that, just come from like the way that you cook for yourself or did you have any training around it outside of like just working for the catering companies and restaurants or? Yeah, it was, I mean, I really kind of learned how to cook in college, just watching so much food network. (laughs) It's really (laughs) how I learned. And then, um, yeah, I worked in a restaurant. I worked for some catering companies and that's where I got a sense of the different kinds of careers you could have in the food industry, because I was just, you know, someone who liked cooking at home, but I always loved going to the farmer's market and sourcing incredible ingredients. And we're so lucky, you know, we're in California and Los Angeles, and we just have so much access to incredible ingredients. And so when I started the catering company, I just felt like, you know, most catered food just wasn't very good you know, to have someone come to your house and bring amazing ingredients and cook, you know, for small dinner parties, that's really what the business was in the beginning. And I would, you know, bring all these ingredients and prepare everything in someone's kitchen. Wow. I love that. And how long did you do that for? I probably did that for four, four years or five years. It sort of, once I had Costa, catering was nights. It was weekends. It's events. And I really wanted to be able to spend a lot of time with him. And then I also, you know, had Paolo and it just became a business that wasn't sustainable for, you know, how I wanted my life to be with my kids and how much I wanted to be around them. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just so hard. You're always away from them whenever they're home. <laughs> they totally. come home from school and I'd be like, bye, mommy has to go cook tonight. Yeah. Uh, and you would have to go personally. Like you didn't have yeah. other people going. No. Yeah. It was me. I mean, I had people helping me, but really people were hiring to have me come and cook for exactly. them. Yeah, totally. They wanted the experience of having you be the one. Yeah. yeah. Making the Exactly. And so I kind of came to a crossroads with it. Did I really want to like grow a catering company where I trained people under me and had people going out or because I had already started doing the gifting? Could I just focus on that where, you know, I don't have to work nights and weekends. We have a warehouse. I can train people how to make gifts. We can fulfill and scaling that, which really allowed me to have the kind of day to day life with my kids that I wanted to have. Yeah, I love that. And I think that a lot of women early on how uh, it's smart to think about that and you and yeah. for you you adapted your business and you had a model where you know it was still taking a risk to do that but you kind of had been incorporating it so it, like seamlessly i'm assuming worked maybe <laughs> glitches but like i think about that a lot for women who you know are in the restaurant business or are in these different businesses that they want the sort of lifestyle that you've been able to create for yourself but then they're not necessarily thinking about it yet in the future. And it's like nice to think about it before you have the kids and then you're like, oh no. I know. I mean, you never realized, you know, I yeah. never, I was like, oh, I love cooking. I could have my own business and it was wonderful. But then I had kids and then I wanted to have another kid. And I was like, oh wow, like this actually doesn't work if I want to get home in time for bath time, if I want to be able to put the kids down, if I want to spend Saturday with them. Um, but of course, I never would have even thought about that beforehand because I didn't know what it was like to have kids. I didn't know kind of like what those hours would be like. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know because it's like, oh, just like take a bath and put pajamas on. Like how hard yeah. can that be? But it's like three hours later and you're like, Oh my God, what am I doing? It's, it's like, so true. It's insane. So um, as far as like your husband goes, do you guys work together or does he do his own thing? So Andre is like a trained photographer. He was a photographer for a long time. And then when I started the catering company, you know, for bigger events, he would always come help, you know, he loves to cook too, and he is an incredible home cook as well. He's very good at making pasta, as you probably <laughs> see on our Instagram. We eat a lot of pasta. Yeah. But he's a huge foodie, so he would always help whenever I needed it um, and jump in, you know, as needed. And then with the As Valley Rink Road grew, he was just doing more and more. He you know, did all the product photography for the website. He was doing all the photo shoots for the gift boxes. And so we got to a point probably five years ago where he decided to come on full time and, you know, help me grow the the gifting part of it more. And so now, yeah, we've been working together for several years now. That's so exciting. It's oh, I love working with um, partners, but it also sometimes like depending on, you know, some people love it and some people don't. So how's that? I mean, I've worked with my husband before, but for our family business with my dad and it was my dad's business. So I think I was just like, uh, this is not going to work. Like I'm so type A sometimes, but in my own business, I'm not. So it's really interesting how depending on like if it's your own business, it could be different to working together. 
I think the key for us has been that we have very different skill sets. And I think that that's something to think about for sure. If you're going to go into business with your partner or bring them into your business is what are you both contributing? And we do different things. So we're not micromanaging what the other person is doing. I know, I don't know how to, you know, use the camera that he's shooting with or do the photo shoots or anything like that. But I come and I pick the products and I style everything and he doesn't know how to do that. So I think that it's really been a nice pairing because we don't kind of tell each other what to do. We're like, these are your responsibilities. These are yours. And together we're going to, you know, take care of what we need to take care of. That's beautiful. I love that. And how is it with just like working together and the kids? I'm sure that just makes it so much easier, right? Like having your own business. And I mean, again, like we talked about, there's, it's, you know, working from home and being with your kids, it's like such a blessing. But again, like even having this time for you to come onto this podcast and needing like actual quiet time is a big deal. So how do you kind of navigate those two? I think that it's about kind of like setting up systems and trying to be efficient with time. I mean, we're both really good about like using our shared calendar. I mean, Andre's out of town right now, so I have my nanny here helping me, but we're very good about communicating, okay, I need this block of time during this day. We also alternate um, the days that we pick up the kids. And I think that more than anything, it's just sitting down, talking about what each of you need in your days to get things done and then kind of coming up with a way to allow you both to feel like you have time to do what you need to do and so it's not just on one person who constantly feels like well i'm doing everything i'm picking up the kids i'm making the meals i'm doing bath time and you know i don't have any time to do the things that i need to do and i think that oftentimes people fall into that and sometimes it's hard to ask for help you know, a lot of people feel like, well, I just do it all. I'm like, but have you asked your partner or, you know, have you asked the people around you to maybe come and help in any way that they can help? And I get it for a long time. I had not been good. Like asking for help is hard for me, especially with my business. But that's one of the, you know, biggest lessons I've learned for business and personal is really just learning how to communicate that you also need some support. Yeah, I think it's really hard for a lot of people to ask for help. And they feel moms that I know that don't work, I think feel more guilty asking for help when it's like, it's still a full time job just being a mom and doing it all on your own and emotionally so taxing that you need to be able to ask or I mean, I not that you need and everyone's different. But in my opinion, like I would need like a few minutes, you know, to just take a break and like re, you know, realign with like yourself. I was just doing a podcast with Zach Bush and he said something about like, we were talking and all of a sudden he said something about silence and how important silence is. And I was like, literally right before that episode, um, we recorded in Santa Monica and I live in Orange County. So I had driven like an hour and a half with my kids in the car and everyone was like losing it. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like, I don't, uh, getting silence as a parent is really rare. So having- so rare. (laughs) And you forget that, I think, because you don't, I don't realize, I didn't realize like, wow, taking a second to just take a deep breath 
without someone being there to ask for something from you or to even in your head feeling like, okay, I'm upstairs, but I could still hear them downstairs or wherever you are. Like you could still, maybe you have help, but you could still kind of hear them. Like, it's really interesting. I know my husband always makes fun of me because I never really listen to music or anything in the car. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, if I'm alone, he'll get it. He's like, why isn't this linked up? Where Your Spotify's not linked up to this. What are you listening to? Where's your playlist? I'm like, babe, when I'm alone in here, I, I just need some silence. Like, that's where I, like, it could be 10 minutes going to the office, but I need that silence. And he thinks I'm crazy. But honestly, to not have... To have everyone needs some moments where at least I know I do, where I don't have any stimulation. I don't have all this stuff coming at me. I can just be still for a second. So I do that in my car. I do too. I'm just like, I mean, I love how music can set a mood and like all that, but I'm the exact same where I'm just like, I just need to breathe and you know, I typically do have them in the car. So it's nice when you don't because you're using music as a tool to calm them down and it becomes this whole thing. And it's just like better to just relax, you know? Sometimes I'll be driving and I'm so zoned out. I don't even realize that I've already dropped them off and I'm like still listening to Story Pirates or I'm still listening to the Power Ranger soundtrack. I'm like, oh my gosh, Barrett, turn this off. Like, how is this still off? I know. I know. It's like the same for me with everything from like white noise to now I just like sing fire truck songs. Like yes. it's so funny. <laughs> That's what's stuck in my head. But yeah, I, so you mentioned just a second ago that you have an office. So how, I would, I kind of want to know like the setup because, and I'll give you, I mean, just cause I'm interested, but also because so I have an office really close to my house and then my husband works at his office and then we have like a little preschool that my son goes to. So we're kind of like all like right within a few blocks basically of each other or my husband's like 10 minutes away. So, but we're considering moving and it's going to change all of that and like our our employees are going to work remotely and stuff. So I was curious how you guys do it since you work together. Um, my husband and I won't work together if we move, but we'd be working out of the same house and having the kids there and stuff. So I'm curious like what your day-to-day -day setup is like. So right now we are in the process of creating kind of a small home office in the garage that'll be done soon. And that will probably mainly be Andre's like home space where he works from. Then we have our warehouse that's five minutes away. I mean, I really think, especially when you have kids, being able to create like a very close circle of all the things you need to do, especially in a city like Los Angeles where there's so much traffic and you could waste so much time being stuck in it. That's been a blessing is that we have been able to create just like, you know, everything's relatively close. So we have a warehouse that's five minutes away where there's an like an office in it where I go and all of our fulfillment happens there. And so both of us go into there, but you know, most of the time Andre is doing a lot of stuff from our house. And then um, for mama moods, I go to my partner Sonia's house because she has a back office. And so we work twice a week out of her back office there. And then, you know, the two, my two older kids are, one's in preschool, one is in elementary school, and then 
the baby is here. And so for part of the day, I have a nanny and then at two, she leaves. And so my afternoons are spent with the baby. And then, you know, oftentimes like the carpool and Andre and I alternate days for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to the fullest podcast. As you may or may not know, we've been sharing the benefits of saffron with our community for a little while now, and I want to offer 15% off our entire product line to our podcast listeners with code the fullest podcast at checkout online at the Growing up in a Persian family, I'd always felt the benefit of saffron in my life, but it wasn't until I stumbled on the research that it made me realize what powerful medicine it is. Saffron has been proven over and over again in clinical double-blind placebo trials to be an effective form of treatment for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years for these purposes, and now the research is here to finally back it up, proving that plant medicines and ancient healing practices can actually be an effective alternative to pharmaceuticals. At the fullest, we believe that incorporating this ancient wisdom into our modern lives is the most powerful and accessible path to healing. We also believe that everyone's journey is unique, so our product line offers a variety of formulas to help you curate saffron into your personal wellness routine. Warm Feelings is our saffron latte powder and comes in individual sachets and in large sustainable glass jars. Featuring 150 milligrams of high-grade saffron in a creamy bed of coconut and cardamom, it's the perfect coffee alternative and feel-good start to your day. If you prefer to pop a pill, Kinder Thoughts is our 30-day supply of saffron capsules, and it's a super simple way to support your body and mood with the power of saffron. Not to mention, it's really amazing for headaches if you feel one coming on. Our saffron soaks are the latest addition to our product lineup, which include Exheal, our saffron salt bath blend, and Inheal, our probiotic-rich saffron milk bath blend. Soak in them to support your digestion, inflammation, and support your skin microbiome. Honestly, at the moment, I'm using each of these products on a daily basis depending on my needs. And to help you begin your saffron journey, we're offering a discount of 15% off just for our podcast listeners with code THEFULLESTPODCAST at checkout. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. It's nice though, like you mentioned, to have something where it's like, it's really close to your house, but you can go to it still. And then it's kind of like, you're able to organize your days where you're like, okay, I'm going to go and only work on mama moods here. And then I'm going to work on Valley Brink Road. And, but what about Barrett and the boys? Like, how does that kind of fit in? Is that something you do from home? I'm assuming Andre takes photos. Like, how does that work? Yeah. So Barrett and the boys is kind of on my Valor Brink road days too. So three days a week, I'm focused on those things. And lots of that, you know, is oftentimes just like late at night writing in bed or during the day, Andre and I will snap photos. It's less like, I don't really do photo shoots for it. It's kind of just raw documentation of our life and sharing those things. It's not so manicured. Um, So that's been kind of easy. I actually think that having, I didn't want the blog to be another kind of like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, bring people in and we have to stage these photo shoots and the food. Like I cook a meal and I take a picture in real time of what we are eating or Andre helps me take a picture. 
so it's kind of like seamlessly a part of our life without having it have to be this extra thing that we're scheduling. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that just allows me to be able to do it more. I feel like if it was this other thing that I had to allocate like a whole shoot day to or something like that, I would never get anything done for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you have so much information on there like sleep training and tips and all that. So how can you tell us a little bit about the difference between that and like, and just getting into mama moods and what that exactly is? So basically so much, I mean, once I had Costa really, so much of the community that I started to connect with, especially on Instagram, were all these moms, you know, I feel like you know, before Instagram kind of came around or all these different social platforms, you would have a baby and you kind of be isolated. I mean, unless you had amazing friends who were coming over all the time. Yeah. Um, those early months, especially with that first child can be, you know, so much of this alone time. And each time I always had these other moms who were kind of, we were at three in the morning seeing that the other person was awake and this person was breastfeeding and we'd be able to ask questions and talk about things. And it really became such a beautiful thing. A result of social media, at least for me, has been this community and this support and like this connection with women that I haven't necessarily met all of them in real life, but we're really in this journey and this phase at the same time. So I do feel like it's the support. And with Barrett and the boys, I mean, I was just getting asked a lot of questions and a lot of the same questions. And I wanted to have a place where one, I could put the recipes and share that with people because I love cooking so much. And I really want that to be something that is accessible to people. I don't, you know, I'm not a, a chef. I don't make really complicated recipes. I think you should be able to make yourself something really nourishing and delicious in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, make recipes like that for people. And then just having a platform to share when people are asking me about sleep training to be able to write it down so that everyone can benefit from, you know, this is what's working for me. You might want to try it out, you know, like all things with parenting, it might work for you. It might not. I don't think there's one way. Yeah. Anything. yeah. <laughs> um, and so mama moods kind of came from that too. You know, my partner, Sony and I really connected over motherhood and just kind of, you know, when we both had our first children, we did feel a lot of this kind of isolation and our friends changed because so many of our friends hadn't had kids yet. So they didn't really know what we would need or how to show up or how to support, or we didn't even know how to ask for it. We hadn't been through that before. And so we just wanted to create a, a platform and a brand that really celebrated, you know, the highs and the lows, all of the moods that moms feel and, you know, be able to share different stories that people have, share your journey, and then also have like products that can just make us smile, make us laugh, make us feel connected and just feel kind of like fun. And, you know, it's all so intense <laughs> to try and yeah. just like a little humor to it and also just hopefully like allow these moms to be seen and heard. And, you know, I just think that that's so powerful. And that's been such a, a special thing for me as a mom, each time I've had a child, just like all this connection that I feel has been really helpful. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, so mama mood is the 
platform that has the basically the like life apparel for moms right and then build that's like building the community around like you Mm -hmm. said moms feeling seen and it's really interesting because at the same time as moms feeling seen because the apparel has like you know the little sayings on it to make you feel like more heard and seen then other people who aren't moms or who are not in that stage anymore and kind of forget or who are maybe women that don't understand like it kind of makes you think about it a little bit more right yeah also is really cool about what you're doing it's like yeah it's a shit show like do you not remember or you have no idea you know and like you're about to (laughs) figure it out (laughs) i mean it's been so great we've had so many moms who you know have their kids are all grown up but they're still they're just like brought back to that place and they you know, all those memories come back to them and they're buying different things and they're laughing about it all. And they're still experiencing like so many of these emotions and things. It's not like your kids grow up and it goes away. Yeah. They're still feeling all of this stuff forever as a parent. Totally. It's so true. I was thinking my husband and I are considering moving to Ojai right now. I know. That's exciting. I know. We're really excited. I mean, it's definitely so different than where we're at right now, but it's a big decision and we're like actively pursuing it. But I was thinking I, I have a Persian family. That's every single person basically lives other than like my one cousin or maybe two cousins, like everyone lives in Orange County. Mm -hmm. So it's like, a really big deal for us to leave. And I was thinking about my mom isn't, my mom's very mobile and will like come anywhere, even though she's like kind of bummed, but she's like, whatever, you know, I'll come there. I love it there. But my dad works every single day and he's really busy and has all these projects. So I was thinking about it from his perspective because he's like trying to be like, you know, like you're an adult, you do whatever you want. But I was just thinking like, I would die if my child wanted to leave me. Like, I can't. So I I totally would understand if like he wanted to like sabotage our move or something, you know, but it's so. I mean, I totally get it, especially now with like, our kids are so young and it's just like, there's so much love and yeah. I just can't even imagine not, you know, it, it's hard to go away for a week and not see them, let alone have them be like, okay, I'm going to be moving and I don't know how often you're going to see me. I mean, my husband, his um, parents live on the East coast and I um, now realize like, you know, how hard it's been for them because he's lived in Los Angeles probably for over 20 years now. Yeah. But he is their only child and he got up and left 20 years ago and, you know, they get to see him a few times a year and how hard that must be, you know? So hard. Like I, I would move. I would be like, but then you have multiple kids. So then how do you, you know, when with one, you're like, you're never leaving me or I'm following you. But with multiple, you just have to surrender. Because it's like, yeah, I mean, I went and lived in Oregon and did stuff like that. Like you kind of, but when you think about like college, you're like, okay, whatever. It's like four, hopefully four years, unless they take a forever, you know, but, and they're just like, it's a block of time. They'll come back. That's like easier to accept. Yeah. Yeah. Other than like, Most yeah. people probably feel like, okay, it's like a short period of time. I'm going to allow, I need to allow you to have yeah. that experience 
experience, but you will be coming back to me. Yeah, exactly. It's like this sense of what, and I have that like sense of wanting to control everything. Yeah. Um, so that obviously is part of motherhood, like letting go and stuff, but it's just really interesting. I but, know it's hard though. It's so hard. I mean, we spend, they arrive and it's just like, we're trying so hard to keep them alive, to protect them, to feed them, to do the right thing, to teach them the right thing, to give them the love, to have the discipline, to have the, ba I mean, it's just, how could it not feel like I've done all this stuff? Like you can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's really interesting because so um, my mother-in-law, she actually, my mom and my mother-in-law are both really dedicated to taking care of their moms right now. Oh, wow. And it's a really interesting time because their moms are in a position where they're fully relying on either a caregiver or that, that, yes. and I'm watching both of them like spade their mothers and do all this. And it's so beautiful and like really heart opening but all and very healing for their relationship. But also yeah. I'm like, at least they have their kids where like they have their own kids and stuff as well, obviously. But I'm like, what's going to happen when your mom passes away? Cause that's obviously where it's headed and where they're, you know, right now it's almost like the same thing as when parents are doing everything for their kids and then they go. Right. So mm. it, you, and I'm bringing this up because I think when you pour everything you have into either your children or then later on your parents um, taking care of them, it's like you are putting your the rest of your life on hold in a way Yeah. Um, for some people who aren't working moms or who aren't working while taking care of their parents or whatever. And that's a really, really tough thing because then you feel like this is your identity and then you kind of can lose yourself a little bit in that. So what's your like just recommendation to moms who are feeling, you know, like it's a lot for them or who are wanting to kind of prepare for that transition, whether it's someone passing or their kids going off to college or whatever that time period is that requires this transition or even parents who like are getting divorced. I mean, I know parents who are like, I don't want to be with my partner, but now, but I'm with my kids 24 seven. And now I have to have 50, 50 custody and I'm not going to be with my kids 50% of the time. And that's like all I've done, you know? Oh my God. I mean, all those things are so hard. Yeah. I, I think so much of it comes down to, you know, having purpose in life and this need, like feeling needed by something or someone. My husband's parents just retired and you see this transition for them. It's really hard. They worked every single day for the last like 50 years. And now they, you know, they worked so hard so they could retire and now they've retired and they don't really know like, what should we be doing every day? What do we, what do we do with our life? And yeah. like, you have to go and find, you can volunteer places. You can go take classes and something that interests you like you like golf go play golf like you have to start finding activities because you can't just do nothing <laughs> you know we need totally. a reason to get up every day and so i think it's you have to like diversify that reason <laughs> so that it's not all just on one thing oftentimes yeah and it's funny because we're on the other side where we're like we have 
all these things to do. Like I can't even imagine, you know, that, but that's just like maybe a time period in someone's life or yeah, whatever that may be. It's like, I can't imagine, but I'm sure maybe I'll end up that way. But I think, yeah, I think like you said, just having this other sense of like, this is what I do that fills me up. So it's not just, you know, that constant need to be needed because then yeah, yeah. I mean, so many of so much of those things too is about connection. So it's like the connection yeah. to your children. It's the connection to your parent. It's connection. So then, what are things you can do to feel connected to people? Um, that's also like a helpful way I think of looking at it. And you know, you could go volunteer. Some there's so many people that need help. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of ways that we can use you know, our skill sets and things to get that like needed input that so many people crave. Yeah, totally. So one of my other questions was just like about if you think that there's still an expectation to be a perfect mom, because mama mood is definitely, I think, on the road to changing that for people, if that perspective that hasn't been shifted. And have you ever experienced any sort of like mom shaming since having kids, whether that's from social media or out in the real world? Um, the first part of the question, the perfect mom. I mean, I've, I've never really felt that pressure, but I also, I feel like there's a lot of that imagery or there used to be a lot of like on social, there would be, you know, the perfect mom dressed up and the makeup's done and the children look beautiful and all that stuff. But I've just never been really drawn to that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know that's not real. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Nice photo shoot. Um, but yeah, I I feel like I've been really lucky. I have not experienced a lot. I, I mean, nothing even really comes to mind of like mom shaming that I have personally experienced. If anything, I feel like whenever you know, anything even negative might come up. People are so supportive. If they see I'm struggling with something, they're there to be like, it's okay. Like, you know, you're going to get through it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been really, I know that a lot of people do experience negative things from social media, but um, in my experience, I've been really lucky that that hasn't kind of been a part of my journey with it so far. (laughs) I mean, who, who knows what could happen? Yeah. No, I think that's amazing. I think, I mean, I personally haven't experienced it either. So I don't know if we're like in this bubble or if people are just more supportive of moms these days. I don't really know, but I haven't either. I was just curious because you obviously have a lot of content that pertains to moms and everyone has, everyone just has an opinion about everything, you know? So even if it's not like, I don't, I think that when it's not the way that they would do it, then maybe there's like, uh, you know, underhanded comments or whatever that maybe people can make in person. But I think for the most part, it's never intentional, you know, or you could tell it's just like people always have their own, again, idea of like how things should be done or their own opinion, but they're enti- everyone's entitled to thinking what they think too you know? Yeah. And oftentimes when people have given me an opinion or told me the way to do it, I, I kind of just feel like they're just trying to help. So yeah. I don't it in any negative way. I'm like, you know, thank you for that idea. And 
I'm willing to try anything, especially like, it's like your kid's sick with this. And people are like, do this, do that. I mean, these are ideas and I'll try it until something is working. And also the way that I share is I am not any kind of authority on anything. You know, I'm experiencing motherhood. I have three kids and here are things that have worked for me. Here are things that haven't worked for me, but I don't come from a place of trying to tell anybody what to do. And I, I hope that's how it's received is like, I'm sharing my journey and hopefully that might be able to help you. And I really just don't think there's a right way. I think that, you know, there's so many different ways to do every single thing and you find the way that works for you, the way that works for your family and what your children respond to. Because I've tried a million things that didn't work for my kids that people said it, oh, it works for mine. That's great. <laughs> but it didn't work for mine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I appreciate that. I think that you are this, you know, like you said, I mean, obviously you're looked to as an expert, but you're, you're sharing as someone who's just experiencing it and sharing it along the way. And this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm trying, but I'm not necessarily like, I don't know exactly sometimes what I'm doing, but this is what it is. But I wonder, you know, to me, I think that it's so beautiful that you've chosen to share your journey and your experience because there are a lot of moms out there and a lot of people who think that your life ends when you become a mom and you can't do anything else. And I think that the more people share like you, the more you can expand people's um, ideas of what it could look like to be a mom. And the fact that you have so many incredible businesses happening and you're able to also raise your three children and you're, you've created this life that you feel has meaning for you as well. And you're able to be present and you've included your kids in that lifestyle. I mean, it's a huge deal to be someone who's sharing that with others and bringing that sort of content to social media not like, you know, I don't really know what's out there because that's all I see in terms of my feed, but there's other stuff out there that we don't even see because that's like our community, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so important. And I, that's why I wanted to say, I just really appreciate that because it isn't always easy to share necessarily. And it can be vulnerable or it can be like, kind of maybe an extra task in a way sometimes, but then it can really shift someone else's entire trajectory of their life if they make a decision based off of like knowing that it can be done because you expanded their idea of what it could be. Yeah. I mean, I hope that things like that are what come from sharing. I feel like for me having, when people get worried, like, well, I don't have enough money to have kids or I don't have my life together to have kids, whatever kind of things we, you know, tell ourselves. I just want people to know that, you know, I didn't have anything together when I had just started a business. It was probably the worst time to have a child <laughs> when I had Costa. But I just feel like children bring so much creativity and abundance and love and like your life could unfold in a way it never would have unfolded if they hadn't kind of come into the picture. So, you know, if it's something you feel like you want to do, I really, you know, hope people do and that these silly things that we feel like we need to have, like these boxes checked before we, you know, take that leap. I don't really think that should, those things should stand in our way. Yeah, I agree. I think that 
there there's so many reasons that you can write down like why not to because you have to have x y and z going on before but it all for the most part can fall into place and just be a beautiful journey that they are with you on so i think that that's like important to remember or i need to have this type of body before i get pregnant i need to have this it's just like so wild to think the expectations that we have of ourselves and our lives before which is you know in some ways it's great to have an idea of what you want before obviously but i think we a lot of times people just like take it or really hard on themselves i guess is the best way of putting it yeah we just have to learn to be flexible and you know maybe this was the idea but it shifted and that's okay and it doesn't have to be so like this is the only way because that's just not realistic about how life ever unfolds, at least probably for most people. <laughs> exactly. And like that prepares you for being a mom because literally every, you know, moment is about adapting to the new situation. It is. And we live in a time too where, you know, there's so many things and careers and just ways that you can have a life that can allow you to you know, be a present mom too. I, I feel really lucky to be able to have, you know, a business that runs in the way it does. So I can spend time with our kids. People can ha make income off of social media that allows them to be able to be at home more. Like there's just a lot of avenues. It's not necessarily like you have to have a job where you're somewhere from nine to five anymore. So I think there is just, there's so many different ways it can unfold. Yeah. Speaking of talking about like having them part of our journey, what is your screen time? Like, do you, do you feel like having a business that it incorporates a lot of social media, which obviously most businesses do nowadays, makes it feel like they're, you know, I don't know. I guess my question is because I have, <laughs> I have to be on social media a lot of times too. Uh -huh. I'm just curious if you feel like it affects um, your kid's screen time. Or if they feel like, well, you do it, so can I, you know, do it? So I try and be very mindful of being on my phone around them. And I know, like, you know, the times around them in the morning and then after school, dinner time, bath time, I try to limit my own screen time in front of them. So when I'm snapped, I don't really post in real time. Like, I'll take little snaps of things and put my phone down and then I'll allocate, okay, once I have time and it's away from them, I can go for, you know, 15 minutes and put it up so that I'm not just constantly on my phone scrolling. Oh, I need to put this up real quick. I, I try and keep them separate from that, at least right now. Uh, obviously, it might become more of an issue once we're older and Coast is like, what are you doing? You're always on your phone. But yeah. <laughs> I'm really mindful of it because I also want them to know that I am you know, when I'm with them, I'm with them and I am paying attention and I am listening and all of, you know, those things. But yeah, my kids do use screens. We have Friday night movie night. There's definitely times where I have to get something done or I have to have a call and they have to go on a screen. So I think it's just trying to find a balance. Also, some kids are it, screens are a lot easier for them than others. Costa has a really hard time with screens. He has a really hard time with the transition. So oftentimes it's not even worth like letting him have the screen because once it's taken away, it's a whole breakdown. Whereas Paolo, he could have it. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, he's like, I'm good. And he goes on his own and leaves watching the TV to go play. So it also just depends. Yeah. I think. 
kind of kid you have. That's a really good point. I, I really like that. And I appreciate that you don't like, you know, try and to be super mindful and you don't use it when you're around them and you take like blocks of time to do it. I think that's really smart because I think, like you said, later on, you know, it could turn into like, well, you're on it. And I think that if we want to be the example of not being on it all the time, then it really starts with us. So I'm always curious what people do. But again, I think that when you do it that way, then it becomes a tool. Like you said, it's a tool that you're using because you might need to in a pinch for something, but if they're always on it, then it doesn't really work that way. You know? Yeah, and it's easy to get sucked in. So I think just like being so, being like, I will, I can capture little moments. I'll take a picture, this, that, then the phone goes down. You're also just teaching your kids, like we're not always on screens, but if you're always on your phone scrolling around in front of them, like they are just going to learn that that's okay. Or if it's at the dinner table, it's okay. Or any of these things they, they learn from observing. Yeah, I agree. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing about your life with us and just how you're balancing it all. I, again, like I said, I really appreciate you for sharing it in general with on social media. I think it's so expansive and I'm so excited to have finally, you know, connected with you in real life slash squad class slash podcast, whatever this is. It feels like real life nowadays. Yeah, exactly. The real life of how we can connect as moms. I mean, it's amazing though. Like if we didn't have this, then we wouldn't probably, it takes so much time out of our day to go in person and to go meet and do it. And it's so special that way too, but it's less likely to happen. So totally. No, this is perfect. And I so appreciate you thinking of me and I, you have to keep me posted on Ohi. I'm so excited for you. I feel like that's a really amazing, you know, leap that you're going to take. Yeah. Thank you so much. I actually just um, realized that you were there recently, right? Or I love Ojai. Yeah. We go up there a lot. We go to, you know, the Ojai Rancho Inn. We go to the Capri. It's like an easy vacation that doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't take a long time to get there. So it's easy with kids. You like yeah. feel like you're away, but the ride was only an hour and a half. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It really is. And it's such a little sweet spot and it feels so grounded and totally special. So I'll keep you posted. You guys will have to come visit. We'll have um, a spot for you. I I mean, you get so much more for what you get in LA and Orange County that it's like, we'll have a spot for people to actually come stay with us. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us and definitely you everyone listening check out valley brink road check out barrett's blog barrett and the boys and her new apparel line mama mood i love it all i love what you've created and i appreciate you coming on and sharing more with us 